to another episode of Chris Dyer's Creative Friends. My name is Chris Dyer and I got these awesome amazing creative friends that I'm going to be interviewing these weeks. Today it's my friend Chloe that I know her as Chloe but the world of street art knowledge has slowed. Uh, we'll get to learn a lot about her. Um, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, no problem. We're in your beautiful studio on Saint Laurent of Montreal. Like, is this place called something? Or? Yeah, it's called Satellite Studios. Satellite Studios. Yeah, because the roof actually has these huge satellites because uh, the bar that used to be here downstairs was an 80s sports bar, Champs. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And the only way they could get um, the live stream sports in all these niche parts of the world was through these giant satellites so the roof is pretty cool and that's why we call it satellite city okay, or satellite city satellite studios whatever cool how many studios are in there uh there's about 10 different rooms and like one or two or three people per room so yeah cool but you got one for yourself yeah yeah how's the rent for this it's it's not so bad for being on saint laurent yeah. yeah, and a beautiful view. You get to see like the main and all these buildings and it's just, it's a very vibrant area for sure. Yeah. What, what's important for you to have like your own studio uh, where you can work as opposed to just painting at home? I think definitely the community and like I've had an uh, at home studio before and it was, I just feel very isolated and you don't have like enough separation between like work and like chilling. And then, you know, halfway through the day, you forget that you're working, <laughs> being at home and, you know, cleaning and stuff at home. You just want to do it all since you're there. But here, you know, you can put all of your home worries aside and come here. And then to have the community of, of creative people that are here. I, my social life has just boomed really since being here. And I'm very happy at right. this space. Nice. That's, that's awesome. Definitely seeing other artists creating, if you don't have any in your circle of friends, is very stimulating and inspiring. And something about like, you know, like I, I always work at home. I'm used to that and I'm a workaholic, so it doesn't feel like I'm slacking. But I could understand how like an artist is all like, well, I guess I'm staying home and I'm getting high and I'm painting all day. Yes, this is work. Or you can be like, is it? Or am I just fucking around? Or <laughs> So something about renting a place and being like, okay, this is my job and I got to make sure that this rent that I'm paying is worth it. I, 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 I got to at least sell enough art to pay for this room. Mm -hmm. Is that a little bit as on your fire and it's informing yourself I, I want to do this as a career, so I'm investing into myself. Right? Yeah, and it helps to have a separate space, like to invite people up, like, uh, you know, customers, clients, or I'm also teaching art classes, so it helps to have a space, you know, outside of my home that's professional and that we have enough space, enough light, that it's, it's pretty chill, yeah. Beautiful. Well, let's start at the beginning. Um, you're my friend, we hang out, you've been, uh, you know, coming to my potluck parties for years now. And this year when I started doing all these uh, jams in the park, you showed up a lot. And, you know, since I didn't really get to travel a lot this summer and we actually hanged out a lot more and we become better friends. 
but I can't really remember where we actually met at the beginning of the first time. Do you remember? I remember, yeah. Um, so I was dating a street artist and that kind of opened my whole world up to the Montreal street art community and, you know, the different artists in that scene. And um, so I, yeah, I got connected through my ex and I remember meeting you at that big wall behind uh, the Intermarché on oh, yeah. Mount, Mount Royal with yeah. all the different portraits. And uh, yeah, so I met you there and then I guess I met you again on Saint Laurent when you were painting that, the, the warrior ship, you know, the, the ship of spiritual mm. warriors and you were painting on Saint Laurent. Okay, nice. And then I think after that, I like watched your documentary and was like super inspired. And then, and then I think I befriended Ariani on Instagram and that kind of got us connected again, like a couple years after we had first met and then she invited me to paint in your back alley. And then that, I think that that was the beginning yeah. of the friendship. Yeah. 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 I, rem I remember now. Um, because uh, I think she tagged you in a post of one of your murals and you're like, hey, we should paint. And then when I organized that back alley jam in the back of my building, you showed up. So yeah, yeah, it's, that's great. I would say that was the first time I actually met you because before, like, I guess we might have seen each other in passing, but it's... I remembered, but you, I was just a fan. Oh, and then you had that little art gallery space on Saint Laurent and I gave okay. you my stickers and oh, Germ cool. was there and I was like, oh, hey, Germ. And I was nice. like, hey, Chris, like, can I give you some stickers? That was like half a block from here. Huh? That was a great pop-up shop. I really had a good time. Did you enjoy that party? I don't think I was there for the party, no, okay, but like, yeah, I think I popped up because I used to live a block away from here. So I'm, mm -hmm. um, yeah, this is like my home area for the last like five years now. And so I just remember walking up and down and being like, oh, Chris has a spot. Oh, a germ's there. And <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. It was, uh, I rented that gallery, which was like a big place with lights and like right on Saint Laurent during Mural Festival and with the street fair happening, like basically tons of people walking by. I rented it for 500 bucks for 10 days mm -hmm. and I threw, you know, a bunch of parties there and great to have an exhibition with all those people around. So, and great to meet people and just like, uh, get the community together, you know, like I don't even care if I make that much money or not, but I love getting people together and celebrating life and having a good time. And we had coloring book parties and so awesome. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, you know, reminding me where we, we met and stuff. So tell me about your name, Slost. What does, what does that mean? <laughs> so Slost kind of came from a nickname that I used to have. Uh, well, I sort of still have Chloro because um, my name, it's Chloe Rowe something. And so people called me Chloro. And uh, then it sort of turned into Slow Roast at one point. And then my, which I didn't know if it was, is this a making fun of me? My, I don't know. But then my actual friends started calling me Slowst. And that's sort of like, just people started calling me that. And then in 2015, when I was making like an Instagram just for my art, I, uh, um, I didn't, I was like, I want to be anonymous. I was, you know, doing street art. And so I was just like, okay, fuck, like just pick something. So I picked Slowst and obviously nobody picked it. It's not a word. So it was it's just cool sounding. Yeah, it's cool. And so Slowst, I realized like once I made my email Slowst Art, I, I, I realized that it said it's slow start. 
So it like has like a double meaning that I didn't even, it was not intended. It just sort of came about mm -hmm. that it's a slow start. And like this whole like development of an art career, it's always kind of like a slow process. And, you know, you just have to keep going with it and let it see where it takes you. So I kind of like, I, I vibe with the slow start portion and also just like slow, it's, you know, it's non-gendered, you know, it's like, there's, you don't, you don't know if I'm a guy or a girl or whatever. And, um, yeah, nobody else has it. And I, I got the URL for my website, slowst.com. So it, it all kind of works out. I'm just going to run with it. Right. People might think it's weird, but... No, it's... Well, weird is good. <laughs> yeah. uh, weird and different is uniqueness. And it's that, you know, diamond of uh, expression that we're all looking for in art, you know, to be totally our own self. So good job finding the perfect uh, uh, artistic name for yourselves in my, in my workshops. Uh, there's a day where I start talking about promotion. The first thing I, I talk to the students, like, okay, what's your artist name? Because if you have like a normal, boring person name, it makes you less exciting, it makes you less rememberable. So, you know, especially in the world of street art, mm -hmm. we use uh, alias yeah. names because, Pseudonym. right, because <laughs> we don't, you know, we're doing illegal activities and we don't want to get busted. <laughs> but also it works for like, you know, legal artists too. Mm -hmm. um, but so, uh, yeah, I, I like your name. Uh, I, I wanted you to know that you're actually the first girl coming mm, on, on this I show. I noticed that. Uh, when yeah. I, started, I started interviewing all my friends, and I'm a guy, so a lot of my friends are guys. But then I saw, like, oh, shit, this is like a sausage party. It's just like a <laughs> bunch of artist guys, and I got to, like, show off some of my, my girls, too. So you're the first one. But do you consider yourself a girl or you're like kind of like in between like I don't know the terminologies these days yeah it's okay Chris you're learning you're, you're open um yeah I'm still kind of figuring it all out um but you know my energy is like it's androgynous energy I clear um you know we we're just talking about why I have short hair and I feel like it just ma matches my personality more and like I can mo balance between you know different energies better with um a haircut that suits that kind of in-betweenness mm -hmm. um but yeah i'm not i'm not like a, like uh, like stuck with any labels or anything queer is like kind of an umbrella term to encompass my my sexuality my gender whatever i'm, ju I'm just queer that's let's put it into that you know and does that express through your art like you paint these women a lot with no hair at all. Yeah, I wouldn't say that they're women. I would just say that they're beings that, you know, just ex like exist inside of me. I kind of think of them as a bit alien. You know, they're also like different kind of colors, skin tones and all this stuff that you wouldn't see like on Earth. So uh, they kind of resonate more with like a spiritual being, a spiritual body that is non-gendered, non-racial, you know, non-earthly like above the earth and um yeah so nice what do you find there's like a spiritual aspect of uh being androgynous for sure i well i mean i think we all carry like ma masculine and female energies and like i honestly think that like gender is more of a spectrum and the people that say that they're men and uh, and women are just like kind of on either end of the spectrum but there's a lot of people that exist kind of in between that like maybe don't like love that label, but they'll, they'll go with the label just because, you know, like that's what society says. So I think that we all are kind of like, 
non-binary beings in a way it, but we just like use these like labels to work with the world we live in right it's become kind of like complicated that's why i'm even confused and even nervous of using like the wrong word because it almost seems like these days if you don't use the right uh pronoun or or, or word you're almost like offending people uh would you go that far do you think that's a good thing as to respect people whose feelings are being offended by not getting it right or should we also be a little bit chill in this new frontier of uh, rediscovering everybody's individual sexuality and expression yeah i think that we um i think that the people there are people that are like that are hold on to their labels and their like pronouns and stuff and they're that and that's i think that we need to respect that and but also that they all should also have patience for everyone else that's like trying to like learn and like uh, we're all evolving our language and our understanding of like the way that people are. So I think we have to have patience and respect on both sides. And um, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly in the, in the middle. I have like I know like a lot of queer people and like that kind of world. And then I have a lot of friends that are just like they don't the spiritual people that just kind of go about their own way. And, you know, I'm, I kind of exist in the middle because I feel like I'm bridging some sort of a gap in a way where I'm just like, I just, you call me what you want. I, I don't really care. And I'll explain it to you if you're curious. Right. Well, bridges are great. <laughs> and patience is good and tolerance and understanding. Um, so I want to know more about your art. So you got this, uh, this androgynous being that's popping around. And then you also paint a lot of eyes and you write see you or I see you what's what's that about yeah so I started the I see you uh like really at the beginning of like doing street art um I was studying art history at McGill uh here in Montreal and in art history you learn a lot about like these male white artists that are uh depicting women or like different other beings as you know passive and like looking away from the viewer and you know in the mainstream media we have all the advertisements of women you know selling themselves to sell a product and so the ICU was really like a way for me to insert myself in the public sphere and be like I, I, I see you as like uh you know looking back I'm looking back at you and I see you has sort of evolved to be like um not just like looking back at power, but also uh, looking at the viewer and being like, I see you for all that you are. And I honor your mm -hmm. existence. Exactly. You know, and you're not ignored. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it kind of has like a double meaning depending on who's looking at it. Some might be like, oh, like, what did I do? Like, you see me? Oh, like, <laughs> oh, like a surveillance, like reminder being like, oh, I got to like, you know, monitor my own behavior. But then other people who are more like spiritually wise be like, or like they're going through something, they might feel like, oh, wow, like I'm being seen. And so, yeah, like I, once again, it's all about the projection and the perception of how you see the world. Mm -hmm. If you want to be seen or in any kind of platform or if you want to just be in the shadows mm -hmm. or if you want to be acknowledged in your existence or if you just really don't care to even exist. <laughs> we all got different uh, perceptions of reality. Yeah? Mm -hmm. But I think your intentions are good as in like valuing people. And stuff beautiful uh you know would you say that's what your arts in general you know valuing people and valuing the soul behind the boxes that we put ourselves in yeah i feel like i have a hard time to like give my like art like uh all of it as like a mission statement you know it's really hard because art for me has been like kind of like a, a mode of therapy like even this thing that we have right here i was like in a really weird mood and like 
my painting teacher was like, just like do something, like do anything. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this really quick. And, you know, it's just something to like get out. So it's not like I can give like, oh, this is exactly what my, all my art is about mm -hmm. because it's all coming from just like a place of I need to, to get out of it. So I want to like kind of keep it vague and right. be like whatever whatever I make is just like my part of the process and that I'm I'm not like I'm not anything is not like a finished product where like you know I mean money is important and that selling the product is important but also like how, what that process is for you is it's kind of like where my where my art is I feel like it's a kind of a form of therapy and I want I want to inspire others to like see the potential of that as well yeah that's beautiful yeah art's definitely a medicine uh therapy, uh, something to just let us get the energy of the now into a visual manifestation. And maybe the question of what your art's about is an unfair question to try to just generalize like, oh, my art's about being happy. <laughs> Same with me. People ask me and I'm like, well, depends on the painting. You know, I got lots of things to say, but if I had to condense it, it would be about love and unity and oneness. But I think your, your art does have a vibe that kind of like, uh, could be like a general net vibration uh, intention of being, you know, yeah. even if it's hard to put into words, mm -hmm. it still has like, you know, unity, yeah, which is I, important, you know, as an artist, you need to be well-rounded and uh, united in a way. Yeah, I think for me, because like, I, I feel like I am my art, it's hard to like, see it, like abstract myself from it and to like, be like that. But like, from an outsider perspective, like, it's easier for you to be like, yes, you like it, it that's I can see your message and stuff but for me it's just like I don't know it's it's me I don't know how to describe it <laughs> so you were telling me you went to McGill University mm -hmm. for painting no so McGill doesn't actually have a fine art program so I ended up at McGill because I was living in Toronto with my family and things were kind of crazy back then and I was like I visited Montreal um the November before like I was applying for universities and I was just like, wow, like Montreal is super cool. I love it. I just want to get out of Toronto and go to another big city. And like, this is a much more creative place. Um, so that's sort of, and I didn't apply to Concordia, which is like the main like art school here. So uh, I ended up at McGill and then I realized I hated everything I was studying. So except for art history. So I was taking art history courses and I was like, okay, that's what I want to major in. Um, so I majored in that. I also did my minor was in political science. So I've always been kind of like critical of a society and how power manifests itself and then how like art can critique power and resist it. Um, and that's still something I'm really interested in with like street art and, uh, you know, the, the significance of like art within social movements. Um, so that was, yeah, that's my history at like at McGill. Well, I would say McGill is like the prestigious, classy university that if you want that title, that piece of paper, you're like, ooh, you went to McGill. Well, Concordia is like, mm, Concordia is not as good, but it's the artsy one. It's the activist school. It's the one with the, with the vibes in a way. So I'm surprised you went to McGill instead of Concordia. But at the same time, as you said, university was very much an intellectual yeah. and devour. Uh, I went to university too, Ottawa University, and coming from CGIP where I was doing art all day and all of a sudden I'm like doing all these papers and most of my art was being done at home and mm -hmm. it just became very, once again, heady again. And I'm like, my art's not about like 
my head, even though it should be good for me to understand it and explain it and know what I'm trying to communicate with it. But yeah, I, I left university and I went back to CGIP, which mm -hmm. is like, say, taking yeah. a step down just because I want to do, do more art. Yeah. So you graduated from McGill? Yeah, I graduated from McGill. Yeah, I, I feel the same way where like I felt like torn between like the, my head and like my creative uh, powers. Um, but I feel like I wouldn't be who I am today like without like that like analytical mind of McGill and like all the papers I did and stuff and the critical um, parts of, of that. Um, so I, I, and I met a lot of cool people, like some of my, my best friends still are like people I met at McGill. So I wouldn't have traded it. And it's how I got here. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I was going to apply for Concordia. So I, I, my life wouldn't be the same and it's all part of the, the path. It's a beautiful school. I always walk through it just because the buildings are so old school and beautiful. I, I like to go to that museum in the middle of it, that uh, archaeo mm, like what is yeah. it, like anthropology museum? Yeah, the Red Path in the like natural history. Yeah, history. they got like fossils and even like dinosaurs. some Egyptian, yeah, dinosaurs like and it's like a little cool building but mm -hmm. tons of crystals. Mm -hmm. uh, I like it. And it's free, I think, or yeah, like very cheap at least. I think it is. Um, and then you did more schooling in New York, right? Yeah, so I went to New York uh, at the, the, uh, in September of 2019 to do a Master's of Art Education and Community Practice. It's a long title. What's, what school? It was at NYU, New That's York University. in Brooklyn or Manhattan? No, that was in Manhattan, in Lower Manhattan. Um, and you were living there? or? I was living in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. yeah. So it was like a 45-minute commute on the subway mm -hmm. each way. <laughs> How was that? Uh, it was fun. I, honestly, the subway was like maybe my favorite part of being in New York. It was just like, there's always life happening, the dancing and like, just like the energy. I mean, there's like, New York is full of highs and lows. And it was interesting for me to like, kind of adjust to it. Um, coming from Montreal, where it's kind of like more like middle ground. New York is like, you know, super rich and super poor. And you're just like exposed to all of it at every turn. You're like, what? Wow, I'm, there's a lot. So it was hard for me to kind of adjust. But I, I got a really good experience out of it. I met some really cool, um, like, artists and activists who were, like, huge in, huge in New York City who were actually my professors. So, mm -hmm. like, it, it was really, like, inspiring to, to meet some of them and to, you know, be, you know, friendly and have them guide me through that, through that part of my, my life. Um, but then, you know, COVID happened <laughs> and, I, and I left New York um, because of that. Uh, and yeah, so I was doing like Zoom University, which was like not the, the best, but like I just needed to get my degree done. It was a one year degree and, you know, it was a big investment. So I just like kind of needed to get it wrapped up and done and did. And so it's, uh, it's sad that like my New York experience got cut short. I was only there for like maybe six months total, mm -hmm. but um, it was it was a good experience while I was there. And honestly, it kind of just showed me that like, my life is in Montreal. It like I feel it's it that's where I feel like most like held. And you're originally from Toronto, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 What do you what do you like about Montreal more than Toronto or even New York? Um yeah, the Montreal like I think there's art at every turn. I think also it's just more affordable. So <laughs> like that makes it one more affordable, but also two makes like the people around cooler because they're not working so hard to like survive. Um, 
you know, I was talking to somebody and she's like, oh, the first question people ask you in Toronto is like, what do you do? What do you do for a living? Mm -hmm. um, whereas in Montreal, like you can talk for like half an hour before that kind of question comes up because it's just not as relevant because it's not as like fight or flight. Like I hear you can survive on, with lower means and that allows people more freedom to express themselves and be creative and like pursue a life that they want to live and you know it does get really fucking cold here but it's like it's also cold in toronto and it's also cold in new york it's it's a trade-off you know if the if the weather was amazing in montreal all year round montreal wouldn't be montreal because yeah. all the tough people you know wouldn't be here and all the people who just want it all perfect come by everything and then off we're we're out, we're kicked out of the island exactly yeah just keep it cold <laughs> it's all right yeah, we'll survive but... i mean you get to leave so <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'll always live here. I, I love this city and mm -hmm. I'm happy I, I'm spending more time here and, mm -hmm. and building more community. I think we're all happy that you've been here this summer. I feel like we've de I've definitely made a lot more friends this summer, like just being around you and like, yeah, it's it's my community has expanded, which Thank is, you. I'm grateful for. I'm happy to hear. Well, I need friends and like I, I, I you know I was going through a breakup this this summer and I was feeling very lonely and with the COVID quarantines there's mm -hmm. a lot of separation and distance that is so not my vibe you know yeah I know um, so it was important for me to start doing those uh open calls to anyone who wanted to show up at the park at La Fontaine Park right next to where I live mm -hmm. and uh, get also my artist friends to come together and paint and then we could go to my place and drink beers and uh, eat pizza and dance around like fools like just house party style yeah it's my favorite you know you don't have to have a packed party where you know just enough so, you know, enough so to make it legal <laughs> yeah, I, you know somewhere in, in there but nobody's ever gotten sick and really no, we're I'm, good. I'm, and we're grateful and we're happier for it. That happiness boosts our immune system right. too. We transcend the Happiness germs. keeps you healthy and uh, think, and just we all want to be happy, you know. Mm -hmm. Even if you're sick, you want to be happy. So happiness is an important factor. <laughs> mm -hmm. Anyways, let's not get too much into the COVID topic matter of, no, well, just <laughs> talk the rest of the episode. You might get flagged on YouTube. Oh, yeah. They'll be like, these guys are not talking the mainstream uh, narrative. Let's block it, you know. Only our stories allowed, not the others. So you were telling me in your school, your, uh, in New York, your teachers were also activists. What kind of activists? What was the, uh, the thing they were fighting for? Yeah, so um, one of my teachers, uh, Avram Finkelstein, he uh, was one of the ones part of um, the Silence Equals Death Collective. Back in the AIDS, uh, big like activist crisis of the 1980s, um, he designed like the Silence Equals Death logo with like the little triangle. Um, and so he was like really big in, in that world. Um, which is kind of ironic because I feel like he kind of like a bit of a sellout at some points, kind of like he's in the permanent collection of the new museum and, you know, and he's working with Gap to do something for Stonewall 51. Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. He's trying to like push their buttons, but almost he's like, he's also playing the game. But another, another professor who really, um, she really, uh, what, like, uh, inspired me. Her name is Karen Finley. And she's one of the NEA4, the National Endowment of the Arts. There was four artists that their art was just like too political to get grants or like they had received a grant, but then they were making really political art with it. And 
Uh, so essentially, uh, they like a whole thing has to had to happen with the National Endowment for the Arts, where now you have to get a grant through like a third party. And so she is she's now a professor at NYU and she's a performance artist and she's just like super amazing and like just she gave everything to her classes like she really like brought her full energy and um and really believed in a lot of her students and and actually like this box here the archive that we, we put over here for our nice shot um she like I did this for her class and essentially like it's just like all of my past works and like valuing the process of my sketchbooks and my notebooks and all this little stuff and it's giving me ideas for future projects where I want to do like an installation with all my um, little things for my sketchbook and how that can kind of uh, contributes to the whole and can inspire others to also just like value that your little scribbles here and there and like that's also art. Mm -hmm. yeah. Did that influence you to be a little bit more political in the vibes of your art? Um, yes and no. I feel like um, just being in New York City was like I was really in the political social justice world. My, my degree was about like kind of like art and education for social justice. So I was really in that mindset when I was there and when I was like doing my Zoom university stuff. Uh, but now I've kind of taken a step back from it in a way. Um, I do think like, I mean, I'm still interested in how art like resists political uh, powers but I'm also you know art has a lot of healing potential too so I, I want to like find the balance there where art can be for healing but also be for resistance and I, I think I'm still like trying to find that balance. It's a tough dance mm -hmm. because when you choose politics you're choosing a side which means you're fighting the other side and you know of course we like to always think that we're right whatever we choose but really, humans are all different and things can look different from different perspectives. And, uh, but when, as you say, if you're doing it for healing, it doesn't matter what your perspective is. If you're healing a person or individual, that's already doing something positive. But we got to stand up for what we believe in too, uh, hopefully without alienating or pushing away half of our audience. So it's a really delicate uh, balance uh, if you had to stand up for something what, what would that be I think right now I'm still figuring that out too I think that like I don't know I think honestly like right now like with the I've, with the lack of freedom of speech like that would kind of be something right but at the same time I'm worried about alienating my audience right but I think we can all agree that censorship is whack like Oh yeah, it's like, well, shut down the people who are spreading misinformation. It's like, is it misinformation or is the mainstream narration, narrative, the misinformation and the truth is being shut down? Yeah. Without a proper two-sided conversation, how can we really find the truth in the middle? Mm -hmm. You know, and why does the mainstream have to shut down the other side? Like, you know, it's, you know, yes, we should all unite and agree on stuff, but once again, the mainstream is the corporations, the governments, the media, mm -hmm. the fucking unhealthy world they've put for us for fucking forever. And I don't, I don't trust them. I've never really trusted them because they've been fucking shit up for the, the small people all this time and only like the 1% always benefit. So now that when we're in this situation, can we question it? Can we see if we're being led even more astray than usual? Or are we so afraid that we'll just do whatever they say we should do in order to not get into any further 
problems or troubles or deaths or guilt or blah, blah, blah. So uh, conversations need to be done, you know? Um, I don't like to talk politics, you know, because I know like half the people will be like, oh, why is Chris talking about things that I don't agree with? But it's like, hey, like you don't have to feel attached to your truth. You can listen to other people's truth and be like, oh, I don't agree with it and, and move on and not feel like you're being hurt because of the attachment to your own. So, yeah, I think that's a great thing to work with, you know, no more censorship, you know, let Germ D talk whatever he wants on his Instagram to his, you know, few thousand followers. Why do they have to shadow ban him? Yeah. What's that? Is that where we're at? Where we're yeah. sh shadow banning like comedic pop art? from a dude like, you know, who's just trying to make a living? Like, is that the society we want to live in? No, no, I feel you. Yeah. Well, let's keep on talking, you know, let's, uh, let's keep on creating art that has consciousness, maybe spiritual or political. Let's, let's do our work to uh, bring more light into this world and uh, create the kind of planet we want to all live together, where we can find some harmony and, and find what is healthy to us as individuals. Um, let's go back to street art. So how did you get into street art? You said through Wax It, your ex-boyfriend? Yeah, or? my ex, uh, that was a street art or is a street artist in Montreal. So I got into it like that. And I just sort of saw like how opportunistic it was. You just have to go and do it. Mm -hmm. And then I met like friends like you and Germ and some other people. And that was really inspiring to, yeah, just like see what other people are doing. And yeah, I was just like bored and I, I was feeling like angsty and so I was like bringing around my oil bar and marker and tagging in the streets and yeah that was this this fun and then you get to experiment with spray paint and that's a whole other can of worms of learning how to spray paint so just like wanting to get better at it made me do it more because mm -hmm. um, you like need a big surface you can't just like do it on a small canvas to get better you actually need to be outside get some fresh air mm -hmm. um, hang out with people mm -hmm. pump yeah. up the blood if you're doing it illegally yeah do you yeah. do some illegal stuff yeah well I, I still like tag every now and then and you know I'll do I'll bring some cans around some nights in the summer but I'm not really like a big, you know, I'm not graphic. You're not trying to get up. And no, crush and take over. <laughs> I'm not a sake. You know, <laughs> to take over the city. Um, no, I'm low key. I just wanted. I just want to be doing the stuff, and and yeah, I I'm happy with how much stuff is out there. People recognize my tag enough where I'm like, okay, legit, okay. But that's that conversation we're talking about: being in the streets and leaving mm -hmm. the art for the people to have an exchange with all these strangers who might walk by that door and be like. Oh, what is this thing? Yeah. What does it mean? Yeah, I really like sticker art for that reason too. Like I used to be really like making a ton of stickers. I need to get on it more again. But I was making stickers like it's okay to not be okay. And that was really something that people resonated with where they were taking photos and sharing or like they wanted to buy the sticker. And um, yeah, and it was just like a reminder of like another like I see you kind of thing. Like it's the same message of I see you just like in a different sentence or a different image. Um, and like, I'm, I'm trying to continue to, to make these things that are trying to re resonate with people's vulnerability while they're just trying to go about their day. You know, they're just, people are just going about their life and then they catch something. And that's what I love about street art is that like, it's not for a gallery viewer where, you know, you have to go into somewhere to see it. Or like, there's already all these walls up for you to get your art in there. So nobody's going to see it. But if you just put it on the street, they ha like kind of have to see it. <laughs> and I love the conversation too with street art of 
of you know somebody rips it away or somebody tags on top and a lot of art, a lot of muralists uh street artists they get really ego about it where they're like oh i gotta go fix my thing like some toy did it but i think it's all kind of part of the process it's all part of that dialogue it's a like literally a visual dialogue in the street like one person did this thing another person ripped it down somebody organic. else added it up yeah it's and, like and a it, tree with leaves and branches mm -hmm, and it shows the evolution of time and how thing nothing lasts forever like and and it kind of like removes yourself from the thing too like once i put it up in the street it no longer belongs to me it belongs to the street and whoever wants to take and and add to it that's on them and i'm just gonna walk by as if i'm a new viewer and i'm have, i'm i'm seeing it for the first time again right yeah there's a beautiful lesson of impermanence <laughs> with street art and and just doing it for the sake of doing it, not because you're getting paid or, mm -hmm. or anything. It's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. What do you prefer? Oil sticks or spray paint or mixing it up? I like it all. Oil sticks, uh, spray paint, also wheat paste are a really fun one. Um, yeah, I, I really, I, I'm, I'm not that, I, I don't know, I'm not that attached to any of them. Really, like, that's the thing about being like an artist, visual artist. I would just say, like, I'm interdisciplinary we kind of just I, I i find whatever tools are available to me at that moment and what resonate with what i'm trying to do and that's what it that's what works i'm not like an expert in oil stick or expert in spray paint or ex, like you know i'm not i'm not trying to be i'm just like all, the the medium wants me to work with it so i'm gonna do what i have to do on it you're just flowing yeah you're just flowing with what's available in the moment in the mm -hmm. place and existing artistically mm -hmm. are you looking for um, mural opportunities is doing more mural paid murals perhaps something you're looking for in your career or is it something that's like ah oh, just for fun when when the vibe's there yeah i'm open to paid mural opportunities if anybody uh, <laughs> if anybody's listening and they want to give me a wall i would love to um do more yeah i mean i think that it's uh getting those opportunities that's the that's the wall in front of it so i'll do as like much kind of like free painting for fun as as i can but if i have an opportunity where someone wants to pay me for it and like has an idea that they want me to express in my own style not not this style they prescribe me you know not banksy <laughs> not banksy um but yeah i'm definitely open to doing to doing more but it's not that's not my path you know i'm not trying to be like a muralist that's all over the world on these giant walls with the lifts and stuff you know i uh, i i feel like that world is very ego and you know just like trying to take up as much space as you can which like i'm i wanted to, i, I want to take up more space but I don't need to take up all the space. I want that, you know, we Yeah, I, I, I resonate with that because like say I love doing street art and I love getting my mural jobs and stuff, but I'm not trying to play the street art game. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just so many street artists and there's so much talent mm -hmm. that for me to try to shine in that scene, I'd have to like really exclusively chase it and go to yeah. all the festivals and meet all the people and the magazines and the blogs and be down, yeah. you know. Many times it's not even about the art that you have. It's more about like being down with the scene. And I just can't, I can't chase another scene. <laughs> I just want to do my art. And if they notice me, cool. If not, whatever, you know, I got my thing going and I'm sustained and life's a blessing. You know, you, you don't have to be the king. You know, as you say, it's not like my ego is satisfied. You know, like I, I'm not going to say I got no ego. I got an ego. I give it what it needs, but it's not blown out of proportion where it constantly needs to be fed. Like, okay, now take over this, the skateboard art 
world and now take over the street. Like, you got to be the king of everything, Chris, or if not, you're nothing. It's like, oh, God, no, that's too much stress. <laughs> um, but you've also done some street art trips, right? Like you went to yeah. Colombia, I think. Yeah, so I was, I did, I did not that much, I didn't do that much uh, uh, street art in Colombia. I did a lot of, I went to Brazil also, and that's where I was doing a lot of street art. I was collaborating with different artists, and actually, like, I was staying with people I met through Instagram, and we were painting walls together, and yeah, that was a really cool uh, opportunity that I was able to do, and yeah, meeting up with people who I had, like, followed for a while, and then, like, meeting them in person and painting together it was it was like kind of surreal mm -hmm. and then uh then uh last summer not the one that just happened but the one before that I went to Armenia mm -hmm. and I was doing like community art projects there so we were painting um really big murals uh with kids uh, over over in the village of Megledzor um which I don't know if anybody heard I'm just gonna say that Armenia right now is going through a war and it's very sad and just send positive vibes for them right now because they're going through a lot. It's been heavy on my heart for the last few weeks. Um, What's the situation? Who's warring there? Uh, it's, how to it's, help them? Yeah, donation to the Armenia Fund uh, is the best way. Um, uh, essentially, it's a long political history with like Azerbaijan and Turkey where they tried to have a genocide. Well, they did have a genocide 100 years ago back in World War I. And now they want to continue the genocide, essentially take all of Armenia, the land, the people, get it's rid of a, all of them. It's an occupation. Well, they, they are saying that Armenia is occupying Azerbaijan, but essentially uh, the, they've been there indigenous for centuries in that in area. So, they're, yeah, it's a long story. Back to what I was saying about Armenia. I went there last year to paint. Um, let's keep it positive and light out of the politics but it's also like well, but it's I also good it's... to observe the situation I, I wanted to ask you because i saw you made a post about it and and i i don't have the time to go yeah. and investigate so if you tell yeah. me right away like oh yeah they're being occupied like yeah they're uh... they're being attacked but also right now like i mean they have to fight back so i like there's a bit of a you know taking sides discussion but i'm obviously on the side of Armenia. They're the indigenous people to the land that are currently being attacked. They just have to fight back to fight for their existence and they're on the land that they've been in for centuries and thousands of years. But yeah, the, the work I did in Armenia last year was very um, profound for me. I was working with kids that like, they, I didn't speak the language of them, um, but we were able to create like artwork together. And that was resonating with his, his stories that was told that were told by the elders of the village. And so I was working with an organization called Batni, um, cultural NGO, and they were like getting stories from the older folks in the village. And then I was like getting the, the gist of the stories and making a sketch on it and then getting the kids to help me do it. I also did some art workshops with them. So we did like a whole week long project with the workshops and the mural painting and all of that. And essentially I did that without a translator for most of the for most of it, which was very difficult. Um, but it, I had a really great time and my best friend is Armenian. That's how I got, um, involved in all of this. She just, she moved there about two years ago now. Um, actually almost exactly two years ago. And, um, so she's there and that's why I'm like really invested in this. I'm worried for her safety. Um, but I know that she's staying strong and they all are, they're very resilient people. It's in their blood. Yeah. Our play, our prayers to the Armenians, the Palestinians, to... Mm -hmm. 
every small country that's being uh, occupied and oppressed by the bigger country mm -hmm. and, and whose media narrative is being overshadowed by the covid and everything like again, we just gotta the media light to this you know the media tells us what the story is about and then we just say like okay well i guess that's all fair and done and no one shall step in and we'll keep the, the separation happening and with covid it's like oh well it's covid now so we really can dictate what's on the media if not everybody will die so it's like, come on, man, when are we really going to get like, you know, more balance in our planet? But let's keep on shining the vibes. You did beautiful work by going there and serving the people, by shining your light, for bringing some smiles. It's the vibration of happiness and creativity that will really keep on creating a vibration of the world we want to see. So good job for you. It's great when you can travel do some art, jam with people, and bring some healing to a community. And I'm going to go back. I know I'm going to go back and, and go see my murals there again. And, and I don't know if I'll do the work with the same organization, but I'm definitely going to go back and explore the country. I feel like I was working a lot when I was there. Like, I was only there for three weeks, but I feel like I was working for a lot of that time where I want to go and just be like, a neutral observer check out some ruins maybe yeah there's ruins there yeah that's it's a and it's just a beautiful country like a lot of mountains and super close to the sun so it's like just like really it's high vibration there's like mountains made of obsidian and you just like Damn. reach yeah i have obsidian rocks that i just picked up from the ground that's a challenging crystal mm. that's like a a mirror is it to your positive and negative. I know like obsidian can really help you like cut the negativity and mm. the bullshit out, but it also can reflect a lot of that mm. negativity in you. So it's a challenging crystal. Mm. Um, so maybe cool. that's part of the conflict vibes over there. Where else would you like to travel if you had a chance to do some more uh, street art muraling trips around the world? If like, you know, the opportunity came up and things were financed. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, if not going back to Armenia, and I also want to go, like, it's the thing is, like, when once you've already been to a place, I feel like I want to go back. Like, I want to go back to Brazil. I want to go back to Armenia. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm open. I don't, I don't really know right now. I don't have, I've been feeling really comfortable in Montreal where I haven't been, like, idealizing any other place. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm going to stay open. Maybe somewhere in Europe. I was in Spain, actually, uh, in January this year. And I was doing, yeah, with school. And then I did some murals there too, mm -hmm. which was really fun. Um, so that was fun. And I, I was really only in Madrid. Okay. So I'll maybe uh, go some other places in Europe. Maybe Germany, Berlin. Yeah. Just, I, I'm open to it. Whatever. If, if anybody's out there wants to send, send me somewhere, cool, to do some fun Slow. stuff. Chloe is a beautiful girl that does beautiful art, wants to do art with you guys. Go out and hire her. <laughs> Follow her on Instagram and such. And uh, yeah, let's keep it, keep the good vibes going with her. So I guess you say like you're fine being in Montreal this season, which kind of goes well with this quarantine style year of COVID. Has COVID, other than shutting down your school and make it finish it off with Zoom, uh, has it interfered with your career at all? Has it made it more challenging or has it made you more adaptable and made you find new ways of uh, finding your uh, sustainability and abundance through art? Yeah, I would say the, the well, on a personal level, it's taking me through a, a whirlwind of trips. At the beginning of COVID, I was just in New York and I think we maybe even had COVID back in March, but I was really afraid. I was really fearful. And like, I was like, 
the kid washing my gro washing my produce after I brought it home and like and just like being super scared like using the alcohol swab and all of that for a good month there I was like really I in that I think we were all mind. really super mega paranoid at the beginning. Yeah and then I was hanging out with Jermore and some other friends that were kind of like turning me over to this other side of the narrative of conspiracies and the new world order and that was another vibration of fear of like everything else. So I went I essentially just like switched my my Gemini mind can like switch easily from like believing one thing to believing this other thing and I was totally like fearful of all of that and super like feeling anxious and angsty about all of the new orders that they're doing. And finally, I just I didn't want to live in that frequency of fear because it was the same it was the same frequency just I just flipped it on different perspective else. of the same problem. Yeah. Yeah, and instead of uh, the optimism, we want to see mm -hmm. past and it. Now I'm more balanced. I'm not living in fear of of anything. Well, maybe of some things, <laughs> but that's my own fears that I'm still working on. But we're, yeah, I'm I'm feeling like now I'm using this time to level up. Like I've been working on my website. I launched my website last month. I'm launching my art classes. I'm like opening up for commissions and stuff. I'm I'm really like trying to get people. Um, like I'm trying to assert myself in in the scene. Whereas when I was in school, I really like was not really seeking all of the opportunities because I was just so busy with that. But now I have the time, I have the space, and I and nobody else is doing anything. Everyone else is kind of living, still living in this fear where they're like, "Oh, it's the quarantine. I don't have to do anything. I can spend all this time doing nothing." But it's like Plus it's been is, six months, so, so you got to do something. Right. Plus, Era is getting their Canadian Serb mm -hmm. payments mm -hmm. and. A lot of people don't even have to work anymore, really, if they want to just chill out. Do you yeah. get served? Um, I, I did it for a little while, but yeah, I just, I, I, yeah, I didn't. You don't even need it. You just kind of decided that it was better off. Cruise on your own fuel if you can. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I think this, I, I think it's good. I don't know. I, my mind has kind of flipped too because I used to be like super like lefty Marxist where like I'm like everyone should be like, satisfied by the state the welfare state we should have um you know all this different stuff but now i'm like maybe that's like you know encroaching on our independence and making us too uh dependent on the state and so i'm kind of like i don't know where i fall right now in my like but it's good to try different things or even ways of thinking to then see like oh actually that actually is not the vibe it sounds good on theory but right. once i'm in it it seems too oppressive mm -hmm. like right now what's happening could feel like a little bit even more socialized because mm -hmm. uh, Canada is very socialist. Yeah. They, we got free Medicare and now everybody's getting paid to just exist and not get sick. So it, it sounds actually really sweet, but what's the trade-off? Mm -hmm. You know, what's, uh, what freedoms are we going to lose uh, to have that mm -hmm. and so on? And this could be a plan that could actually last 10 years to the direction they want to take us. So it's, you know, it's good to yeah. observe. That's good that at the beginning, you were super paranoid about like, you know, this virus coming to get you and kill you. And then you chilled out and then you went and saw like, why is this happening on the, you know, the other side of the spectrum with what people call conspiracy theories and be like, oh my God, really? These guys, these assholes are doing all these terrible things to us. Like, that's a bad vibe. But then you also chilled out on that. It's good to feel them both so we can understand all the people who are walking around the streets with masks 
20 meters away from the next human. And also understand our other friends who are like really stressed out when they learn that they've been lied to all their life. Like I've been into like activism since, you know, the early 2000s. So like when I hear all this stuff about Bill Gates and da da da, it's like, oh yeah, like that was always a plan. Like that was in documentaries like 10 years ago and now it's actually happening. That's why I'm not like, oh no, that's crazy talks. Like, no, you can see it happening more and more, but I don't let it like own my vibration or my feelings, I'm not gonna live in fear. I'm gonna know that I am God made physical. We're all God made physical. And God wants to be liberated and happy and reunite with his vibration of love. And that's what's gonna happen one way or another, no matter how many cages they throw on us. And right now it seems like we're in all these cages, but I tell you like very soon things could switch like your Gemini mind and the world could be liberated more and more. So I'm very optimistic and positive. Yeah, and now everyone's like, we should go buy a plot of land and start a community. And you did that with your family and Germ did that with his thing. And you guys were like way ahead of it. Cause like now everyone's like, I need to go buy a plot of land. A little degree of paranoia <laughs> and carefulness from these tricky leaders we got is, it's, it's, it's good. It's good to have your plan B. <laughs> and if nothing happens, hey, I got a nice place in nature to hang out. And if something <laughs> happens, like, well, okay, well, now I got some food to eat and survive in the sun. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning into this kind of like, maybe I should go buy some land well, and... Uh... Make more communities either way. Natural yeah. communities, like sure, we're city people. Yeah, we're street, street artists and we like to be in the concrete jungle. But hey, we also, we're also natural beings. We're animals. We're spirits. Let's go out there and get in touch back with that... Uh, with that vibration. So we're coming to the end of this interview. It's been very interesting. I really enjoyed it. Would you have some final words to artists like yourself or just humans in general, like some uh, slow words of wisdoms to end this nice conversation we've had together? Yeah, I would just say to trust the process. That's really um, my philosophy on it and to embrace your mis like your mistakes like I feel like that's my philosophy when I'm teaching art is that the mistakes we make are really the things that uh, dictate our style nobody else can make the same mistakes that's why I'm saying mistakes in air quotes it's not really a mistake it's your style lean into it find what feels natural for you to do so don't stop trying to overcorrect and trying to make it like perfect because that's the thing that makes you unique Mm -hmm. and find your voice like find my message that you want to share like for me it's the I see you and it's evolved over time it even though the, the 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 words have stayed the same the message has evolved for me it's open to interpretation that's what helps me um share into the the public realm and for you if you're an artist trying to do something um to just spread your voice find something that that can evolve as as you evolve too because we're all we're all evolving beings. None of us are going to stay the same. Um, when I watch this in the future, I'm going to be a different person from when it's being filmed. So trust the process and to find and trust that your voice is is going with this process and that we are all evolving here together beautifully. Yeah, totally. Very beautifully said. Yeah, it's like about not being judgmental from where you're at. And always knowing that wherever you're at is perfection already. And yeah, we always want to strive for betterness. It's our nature. Mm -hmm. But uh, never feeling bad from where we're at. Because there's always the next level. Yeah. You'll never get there. There's yeah. always more mm -hmm. 
and we just gotta enjoy the journey to becoming what we already are in a way <laughs> well thank you so much chloe it's been awesome Woo! Woo! thanks chris thank thanks you so coming. very yeah my pleasure thank you so very much for tuning in i hope you enjoyed this episode i'll see you next week blessings Next week, my guest will be Sake. But graffiti in general, what it means to me, it's illegal in the streets. If it's not illegal, it's not graffiti, it's a mural. Or even if you, I do graffiti illegally, if I do it, I don't just say I just did graffiti, I did graffiti art, you know, graffiti influenced art on a wall with permission. Because without the adventure, without the excitement, without, you know, the drama and everything else that comes with it, it's like, boring you know like i need the adventure the reason why i still do it after these years is because i'm a kid at heart or just human at heart that just wants to live the way i live and not live in society's eyes that you should be this old you should be doing this you should be doing this like you know pre predisposed to like school and this and what you're told as a kid you should be doing at certain times so i'm getting at it like i don't know i just the reason i started because it was fun and that's the reason why i still do it a lot of people start because it's fun they get in trouble they quit so persevering year after year, ruining your clothes, stealing all your stuff to go with it and, and, and getting away with it year after year, decade after decade, and uh, keeping it pure in the streets is where it should be. So make sure to subscribe, like, and everything else. Big thanks and see you next week. Peace.